This is show number 24 of the Nerd World Order, and hey, two shows in a row. This is Abel Loza, and not joining me as always is my co-host and co-conspirator Andres. Uh, this is the Nerd World Order podcast where we're trying to take over the world by spreading the weekly pop culture news from across different genres, which include movies, comics, TV shows, or anything that we consider nerd. We're the Nerd World Order podcast, the greatest of entertainment since 2017. Um, as you guys heard in, at, in, in the intro a couple seconds ago, Andres will not be joining us. This is a middle-of-the-week show, and Andres tends to be super busy with, with school in the middle of the week, and plus I was supposed to record this this past Sunday, as I promised, but at least we're getting a show this week, so it's all good two in a row. But uh, thanks for all of you guys that uh, continue to support the show and continue to listen, even though we are we tend to be a little bit more sporadic, but we we do have a show scheduled for Sunday, so that's you know that's, that's the future we're here in the now. I think we finally have some things figured out, so... Perhaps in the future we might have a another host uh, to try to fill in at times where Andres can't make it. But for now, uh, kind of what we say in the other show, we are trying to get uh, a show out every week. So, you know, there is that. So, to move on. So, we'll go ahead with, with some poll results from last week. Let me get them down. Okay, so we had quite a few polls last week. <laughs> Trying to run down a little bit. Um, should you watch movies in IMAX 3D? 60% said yes. Is Great Ben America's Asshole? 75% said yes. Would you like to have seen Heath Ledger play the Joker again? 86% said yes. Who would you rather Who would you rather see play the Joker? 75% said DiCaprio. Do you know who Tommy Wiseau is? 67% said you're tearing me apart. 33% said, oh, hi, Mark. Do you know what Flashdance is? 75% said, no, you old fuck. 75% of the f- listeners said, do you know what movie that's from? They said, no. 80, uh, would you watch the, or would you not watch a Night of the Republic trilogy? Knights of the Old Republic, excuse me. 80% said, yes. Is there too much Star Wars? 75% said, no. Pick one. Chris Pratt or The Rock? 75% picked The Rock. What do you think of Thor? 75% said meh. 25% said great. Uh, What do you think of Avengers? 100% said great. What did you think of Black Panther? 100% said great. And whose list is better so far on the Marvel Challenge? 60% said Andres and 40% said Abel. There there has been a little bit of confusion. Uh, The confusement isn't a word. As far as what the list represents, a lot of folks thought that that was our definite list. For the Marvel Universe so far, it's not the. So far, we're watching one a week. We'll break down Iron Man three today as part of the show uh, for the Marvel Challenge, and we're ranking them as we go. Obviously, Iron Man two uh, and Hulk and Thor are not going to be in our top six or whatever. So um, it's it, we're doing the Marvel Challenge and we're ranking them as we go. So that is the order of the movies we've watched so far. So uh, everybody, let's calm down a little bit. Calm down. Let's calm down and. Uh, we'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> better movie between Avengers and Thor. 100% said Avengers. And who is a better villain? No surprise. 100% said Killmonger. 0% said Loki. So those are basically the results we expected. We do have a few notif- um, comments. Um, let's see. I guess really the only one worth note is uh, our friend... Corey, a friend of the show, said if he would see a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy, he said, hell yeah, I 100% agree with that one, hell yeah, I would definitely watch that. I think that would be, if done right, that could be the best Star Wars trilogy on all of them. Forget the originals, forget the prequels, forget the sequels, Knights of the Old Republic, if done well, can, can be the best, the best Star Wars trilogy, and I hope... They go. They move forward with that, um, and create 
some pretty badassery. So, uh, I guess we'll, we'll move on with the show. Um, as, I, as I stated earlier, in case you guys didn't listen, I know a lot of folks like to listen to podcasts as background music, but Andres will not be joining us for this week's show. He is busy, and I decided to do one myself. Uh, as you guys can probably tell, I'm antsy about trying to release a show every week. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm doing this one midweek, but we are going to have a show on Sunday, as I repeated. But this is now. This is the news for this week. So we will go ahead and move on to the weekly briefing and what you need to know as far as nerd news that came out this week. And I guess before I start, this might be a little shorter show. Uh, when me and Andres go back and forth, there's some discussion there and, and whatnot. Uh, but with this show, since it's just me talking, I don't know how far I can take it. So... Um, still, there was a lot of big news this week. Uh, this is heavy with DC news this week. There was a lot of DC news, actually. Um, and it, it's pretty good. Uh, lately, this show's been very Marvel-centric, and obviously there's nothing wrong with that. But I am, as far as comic books anyways, I am more of a DC guy myself. So anything that, that comes off of that, um, um, any news that comes out of that, excuse me, um, I'm, all, I'm all for. So this is the DC heavy news. Excuse me, I got a burp. Uh, not editing that out. So, first big news. Obviously, Joss Whedon is out as the director of Batgirl. It was announced earlier this week that Joss Whedon will be out as writer and director of Batgirl. Uh, Whedon came onto the Batgirl uh, project in March of 2017 with the hopes of bringing to the big screen a female empowerment icon um, along the along uh, the lines of Wonder Woman. Uh, with one of the most popular characters in comics, uh, and Batgirl is part of the Bat family, which would tie into that whole... We talked way back about how they are trying to build a universe within a universe, a Batman-centric uh, universe, and Batgirl obviously is involved in that, and she's one of the more popular characters in the Bat universe. Uh, the, it would have been Barbara Gordon, obviously the only Batgirl that has been around, and if the last name <laughs> sounds familiar, that is because she is Commissioner Gordon's daughter, so... Um, a new report indicated that Wheaton's departure um, set the film back so much that they might, it might not happen anytime soon. So they were pushing forward with it, but because Joss Wheaton is leaving the project, it looks like they're not going to concentrate on that. And they're going to concentrate on Aquaman, which is set out to come out later this year. Shazam, which is set out to come out next year. What else? Flashpoint, uh, movies like that. I think they're more concentrating in the Justice League-centric movies, um, especially. Well, characters from the Justice League, as we all know, Justice League didn't do as well as it should have. So I think they're just concentrating on the core of the Justice League characters. Uh, there is a report out uh, that says, according to the rap, there is no plans to attach any new filmmaker filmmakers to the project in the wake of Whedon, which may be which may be because Warner Brothers is losing interest in properties, or because it realizes that it needs to develop its core heroes before branching out into spinoffs. Which I completely agree with. They need to worry about Superman, Batman. Flash, Wonder Woman, they need to concentrate on their core characters before they decide to move on to any other spin-off characters, secondary characters, um, which is good. Um, if they want to compete with the Marvel Universe, which right now is no competition at all, um, if they want to be in, in the same league, they, they have to concentrate on better movies with their core characters, which I agree. Um, I think this also has to do with, uh, there's a fatigue for me anyways, on Joss Whedon. We saw what happened with the Fallout of Justice League. Not many people were happy with that cut of the movie. Everybody's clamoring for the Zack Snyder uh, cut of the movie. Uh, so I think they had to play with that. As well as, there's been reports uh, as of late that Joss Whedon hasn't been the best of husbands. He's a serial cheater, I guess, on his wife. And uh, for a movie about women empowerment, I don't think he is the best representation of that. So obviously you, you have to find that somewhere else. And a movie... A movie like Batgirl, it would be insane to try to... I've, I forget where I read this, but credit uh, due to the... Um, not an original thought, so I did read it somewhere, so I thought I'd mention that up front. But having, having a male or a guy direct Batgirl would be like a person, a white guy or, or a white person directing Black Panther or a guy directing Wonder Woman. It just makes more sense to have a female direct Batgirl. And that, that makes 100% sense to me. So um, if they are still in line to direct a, a, or make, excuse me, a background movie, they should veer towards that, that direction there and have somebody that can relate to that 
that point of view. Um, although Joss Whedon is kind of famous for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff like that, female empowerment, as of late, Joss Whedon has kind of lost favor with, I think, a lot of fans, um, particularly DC fans, after the DC or after the Justice League debacle, and I think it's time to move on. A few people have jumped forward, uh, Gail Simone and Roxane Gay, who are right... Com- Gail Simone's a, a comic book writer, and Roxane Gay is actually a professor uh, and a writer as well, and they've both thrown in their hat, um, more particularly Roxane Gay, uh, to write a Batgirl script, so... Um, you know that is the you know that is um, um, pointing in the right direction. So hopefully, if this movie ever gets made, it is that way. It's just my opinion. This is why I have my show. Unfortunately, for some of us, because we didn't left the project. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, let's see. According to another report from the the, the rap, uh, Warner Brothers is not in any hurry to find a replacement for Backer after writer director Joe Sweeney said. I already said that. Instead, the rap says Warner Brothers is focusing on the main members of the Justice League, like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, and possibly Green Lantern, which I stated was, you know, the right thing to do before making any spinoffs. So that that makes sense. I guess here's here's an early poll question. Would you watch a Batgirl movie still? Would you still watch a Batgirl movie? Um, I know I would, depending on who makes it. Well... Let's be honest. I'm, I'm in the back for all these movies, good or bad, except for Fantastic Four. That's the only one I, I've yet to see yet. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm in the back for all these, so I would still watch it. Uh, but I guess you know, you got you guys, the listeners, don't have to listen or don't have to watch everything. And um, that's the poll question for you guys. Would you watch? Would you still watch a background movie? Okay, second story of the week. Uh, Aquaman uh, is a good movie, and a trailer's coming out soon. Uh, on a recent episode of Collider Movie Talk, John Rocha briefly spoke about whether or not Aquaman is being received positive, positively behind the scenes. According to Rocha, he's hearing optimistic things from one familiar source, DC Comics writer Mark and Draco. This is good, good news, but we have heard this before. We heard the receptions were great for Batman vs. Superman. We heard that the executives love Justice League. And it could go either way. We I actually heard stories that Wonder Woman was bad and people were not expecting it to do well. And we obviously know what that ha- or what, what happened there. So take it with a grain of salt. I am, however, hopeful for Aquaman to be good. I actually, if you guys listen back to, I, forget, I think we talked about it on the show about what we're most excited for for 2018. And I said Aquaman is going to be as good or if not better than Wonder Woman. I think... They has a good chance of, of kind of hopefully kickstarting this DC thing again and making people not feel so burnt by the universe. And I think we're all hoping for that. I think we're just hoping for a good movie. And James Wan, who directed a, a few of the Fast and the Furious movies, and I think the Annabelle movie, um, which I heard is pretty good. I'm not entirely sure. But um, yeah, Andres has said before that there is going to be a. And I think, I cannot believe I miss it. Andres made a great point. Uh, Paul questioned, did Andres make a great point? Uh, he makes better points when he's not here than when he's here. You fuck. But, um, yeah, no, uh, I guess where I was going with that is there's going to be this element of horror and dark because, Andres said, like Andres said, there is so much of the ocean we don't know. And I'm just so excited for that. And I think James Wan, who has a background in horror, can do this well. And I am incredibly excited for Aquaman. I think it's going to be one of the better movies of the year. Unfortunately, we don't get it till December, but time flies by. It's already tomorrow's, or in, um, I guess whenever you listen to this, uh, it's going to be March soon. So, yeah, uh, it'll be here sooner than we think. But um, along those lines, <clears throat> they are planning on releasing a, tra- or there's rumors that they're planning on releasing a trailer uh, for the film uh, next month at WonderCon in Anaheim, California. In case you guys don't know what WonderCon is, that is basically the warm-up before San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, and, and not to do it a disservice, like, you know, it's one of the bigger Comic-Cons in the, in the nation, but it is a kind of precursor to San Diego Comic-Con. They, still, they, they release trailers and stuff like that, so it is one of the more important Comic-Cons, but it's ran by the same people that do San Diego Comic-Con, so that's why I guess I call it a, a warm-up. But rumor is that Momoa and the team will release a trailer that weekend, so that is pretty exciting. They have been working on this movie for a while, so I think they have some good footage with the CGI, so pretty excited, pretty excited. Uh, poll question, are you guys excited for Aquaman? I know I am, so... 
I guess we're going to keep this DC train moving. <laughs> Wonder Woman 2, according to a report from ScreenRant.com, and actually the this report was originally broken. It's I guess you can call it a rumor, but by the hashtag show. I guess it's uh, another podcast, but uh, they have it on good faith uh, for all these uh, stories that I'm about to, to read off, or rumors, I should say. Uh, Wonder Woman 2 will have Chris Bine, uh, Ewan Brenner, who played Charlie, the Scottish man, in the first Wonder Woman, and Saeed Tag- Tagamayu. Man, I apologize. I'm butchering his name. But he played Samir, the guy that did A Thousand Impressions and, and spoke in A Thousand Languages. They will all return to the film, set to follow Diane into the 1980s, reuniting with Steve Trevor to take on the Soviet Union, uh, which is a big, huge, which means because it says that Chris Pine, Steve Trevor, didn't die. Um, unless they play it to where Steve Trevor had a kid of some sort, and you know he's in the 80s, uh, which the timeline would kind of work out, I guess, if he left a pregnant wife. Nin- no, 1918, no. I'm thinking World War II, but 1918 in the 80s, still 20, 30, 40, 50, 68, 78, 88. They'd be like 70 years old in 80. So I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know if Wormhole, whatever. It's comic book movies. You can there can be an out in in, in any way. One of the other p- big pieces of uh, uh, rumors that came out this week is uh, Cheetah uh, will be the main villain, and Emma Stone is passed on the role, according to the hashtag show, uh, which was reported later by ScreenRant.com. And actually, as I was eating dinner today, I was scrolling through Twitter, and I will also add this to the to show notes. But um, Kristen Wiig is actually in talks to play Cheetah, which. As we all know her from Saturday Night Live, making all these funny movies, obviously Bridesmaids, if you guys have seen that movie, that could be exciting. She's done some serious roles before, so she's a good actress. So just to kind of see her out a little bit, Oliver Elemento in an action movie uh, would be pretty fun. I'm a big fan of Kristen Wiig. I I think she's funny. So to see her in a Wonder Woman movie movie would be pretty fucking awesome. So uh, that just broke today, which I guess is the benefit of having a late show that we can sneak in uh, news like that into the rundown for the news of this week so yeah pretty excited for Wonder Woman 2 obviously depending on who you ask it's the only good DC movie uh, so far in the universe I will say that Justice League I enjoyed disappointed Wonder Woman was great Suicide Squad got worse the second time I watched it Batman vs. Superman, I still have conflicting feelings about it, but overall I think I still like it more than I dislike it. And then Man of Steel, I've said this before on the show as well. We should just call this show Broken Record because uh, I feel like we reiterate a lot of the same points. But <clears throat> as I've said before, I think Man of Steel uh, ages like a fine wine and it's gotten better over time and I actually think it's a great Superman movie. <laughs> Um, which is a, a whole other story I can get into, but uh, the Wonder Woman train keeps going, and um, hopefully Wonder Woman 2 will be as good, if not better, than the first one. So uh, there is. Uh, like I said, we, we there's a lot of DC news this week, so uh, this is actually the last bit of DC news. The, the first onset pictures of Shazam and, and Zachary Levi as Shazam in the costume came out this week, and the setting is in a mall. It looks like it's going to be a Christmas setting kind of thing, and... Um, he looks the part. It, the, both of the pictures were from the side. Uh, obviously, a link um, to the original story there. But I'm pretty excited. There has been some backlash as far as how the they how the costume looks. A lot of people think it looks too like kids' Halloweeny costumes. You know what I'm talking about? If you go get the Iron Man costume during Halloween, it's super puffed up. But um, I don't think that's the final costume. I think it's going to be a little bit CGI'd up. But as far as the cape goes and the look goes. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would have preferred if they had the little, oh, the short little over the the, sh- the shoulder cape that Shazam wore in the early in the Golden Age comics in the 40s and 30s and 50s and stuff like that. I don't know why it said the decades in that order. The 30s, 40s, and 50s. Or not 30s. I guess it'd be 40s and 50s and 60s. I don't know. But yeah, no, I'm really excited for this. He looks the part. So yeah, I guess anything else I have to say is DC. I know you guys are listening. Obviously, you guys listen to all the podcasts, but we need a Shazam comic book, like legitimately. He he is such an interesting character. We need a a weekly. I guess they're running now by not a weekly, but I guess they're running bi-weekly, at least a monthly 
monthly issue of Shazam. We got a lot of great comic book writers over at DC right now. Tom King, Scott Snyder, Michael Bendis just came over from Marvel. Like, let's go, guys. Let's, let's get something going. Shazam's such an interesting character. Let's see. All right, that's kind of where we break off from DC news. We do have a couple of tidbits on Marvel news. Black Panther continues, continues to fucking roll. Uh, it is already on track to be the biggest Marvel movie uh, of all time. Uh, or if not one, if not the biggest one of the biggest. Um, if you guys haven't heard the the Black Panther podcast from last week, go ahead and do that. Although there was about twenty to thirty minutes of show that was cut off, uh, that's why I keep checking back and forth, make sure I'm still recording, and I th- we're good to go now. But yeah, uh, Disney Marvel's Black Panther has become the third highest grossing Marvel Cinematic Universe release of all time domestically, behind only the Avengers and Avengers a- Age of Ultron. So. Just by that sentence, you know that it's the highest grossing solo Marvel movie in the universe so far. And if obviously, you, if you're listening to this, you've seen Black Panther. And if not, what are you doing? Go watch Black Panther. But for good reason. That movie's great. Uh, it's fantastic. I want to go see it again. And, and, and it got better the second time. Because you're, you're, you're looking for things. You're not looking at it from the first time. I always believe that when you watch a movie for the first time, you're kind of just taking it in. When you go in the second time and, and uh, any time after that, you're kind of trying to catch different things you didn't catch the first time. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And then I got this from a, an article on Variety. But it says... Quote, it has passed Iron Man 3 at $409 million and Captain America at $408 million to reach 22nd place on the all-time domestic chart, just behind Wonder Woman for 21st. 22nd place of all-time domestic chart. Oh, I read that. The article goes on. It will likely pass Avengers Age of Ultron for for the 13th spot. And and you guys have to remember, it's only been out two weeks. So that's gangbusters, man. It'll pass Avengers Age of Ultron for the 13th spot at $459 million during the upcoming weekend and has a decent shot at matching Avengers, which is 5th on the list at $623 million. So um, if it slows down, it probably won't, but I don't see any time. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Uh, it had the second biggest um, second week, I think, in, in the Marvel Universe. And movies like that, the movies that make billions of dollars, they travel well from week to week and week to week. I think... If I'm not correct, if I'm not wrong, I mean, um, Avatar, which is the highest grossing movie of all time. I don't know why we talked about it before, but it had an okay opening weekend, but it's, that's not what made it the highest grossing movie of all time. It had a good opening weekend and then consistent weeks after that for like 10 weeks in a row, which carried to, one. I think, the first movie ever to cross $1 billion. So those are the kind of weekends you need, and it, the second weekend... Black Panther got 100 million. The third weekend, if it gets 60, 50, so on and so forth, those are good. They're dropping off numbers, but not everybody's going to go see it twice or three times or whatever. So it, it, it's good, consistent numbers. And I think it has a good shot of being the highest grossing uh, Marvel movie for at least a couple months before Infinity War comes out, I assume. I mean, there's no. Poll question, do you think Black Panther outgains Infinity War? I, there's absolutely no way I see that happening. Uh, because Although I've said I love Black Panther and I keep sucking the movie's dick, it's, uh, it, I, man, to have everybody in the movie, and you're going to have Black Panther again in, in, in Avengers Infinity War, and you have Captain America, and you have Captain America with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange in it. I mean, I don't see how that's not the biggest movie of all time ever. So, but yeah. I guess we'll see. It comes out of May, so I'm really excited. And one little last tidbit on uh, Marvel News. Um, I actually read this little interesting story last week about there was almost a, a Black Panther movie in the 1990s with Wesley Snipes as, um, as T'Challa. This is during peak Snipe mania uh, where they considered making a Black Panther movie. Um, all, but ultimately the downfall of the movie was uh, they kept rewriting the script. Nobody was happy with it. Uh, Marvel actually went bankrupt in 1996, and that's actually where they sold a lot, sold off a lot of the movie rights to stay in business. Um, they did, ended up keeping Black Panther, but that's when they sold off Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, so on and so forth. So the comic book company wouldn't fold and go under. So uh, ultimately, you know, they're one of the biggest things in the world right now. So it, it ended up working out. And also, there was a real concern that by making a Black Panther movie. They would. They thought they would. They would confuse people. Black Panther the superhero with Black Panther the 
the black militant group, and there was a, a whole bunch of things which never really ended up panning out for the Black Panther in the 90s, um, and the fallout of not making the Black Panther movie actually uh, led Wesley Snipes to do Blade, and which is good. Um, Blade, I love the first Blade movie, and I even really like Blade 2. Um, not anything as good as Blade 1, but Blade, Blade 2, I think, um, is better than people think sometimes, but I don't think the technology was ready for a Black Panther movie like we saw um, in the past couple of weeks with the Black Panther movie that came out just a few weeks ago. and uh, So yeah, I think in the long run, I'm glad it didn't get made. As I said, they did the technology for Wakanda wasn't there and the vibranium suit and stuff like that. And because Wesley Subs didn't make Black Panther, he made Blade, and Blade is a... a you don't need as much CGI and stuff like that to make a Blade movie, and um, obviously it worked out for everybody in the end. So that's pretty cool. And poll question is: Would you see a? Would you have seen a Wesley Snipes Black Panther movie? I know I would have, even though I just said I'm glad it wasn't. But if they ever made it, um, I would have watched it as a kid, obviously. So, um, but yeah. So let's see. Oh yeah, uh, last piece of news. This isn't necessarily. DC, Marvel, movie, comic book, or whatever. It's kind of all of it put together. Um, one of my later heroes, not childhood heroes, kind of mid-adult to late adult, uh, Kevin Smith, who is a Patreon saint nerd. He, ha he had a heart attack, um, I think I heard, on Monday or Tuesday? Yep, Monday. Late Sunday, Monday. And uh, I guess his uh, aorta, what they call the, the Widowmaker artery, it was completely clogged, and he was he was doing a couple comedy shows, and he had a heart attack, a massive heart attack, from all reports in his own personal Facebook page and, and, and Twitter account and Instagram and all that. And the reason I want to give a shout out to Kevin Smith is I found him later in life. I always knew of him. I've seen Dogma, I've seen Clerks, obviously, I've seen Chasing Amy movies like that growing up, and I always really enjoyed them. But I always just thought of him as a director, you know, or whatever. So. Um, once I got involved in the world of podcasts, um, I was like, man, there has to be a podcast on just Batman. So I googled Batman podcast, and sure enough, his podcast, um, Batman on Batman, came up. And it that, that podcast has evolved now into something different, but it had originally started with Kevin Smith just talking about people that worked in bat with Batman in any capacity, whether it was the animated, the animated show, any of the movies, whatever, and I fell in love with that podcast. And Listen to all of it. I still listen to it today, and um, and that kind of evolved me to listen to more of his stuff, uh, whether it was ha Hollywood Babylon or his uh, podcast uh, with two guys, him and his best friend um, Scott Moser. They just shoot the shit and they laugh and and, and stuff like that. And um, and I always listen to podcasts, but I never really thought of um, making one, which obviously you guys are listening to now. But he has some. He really kind of pushed me into. And to do things that I want to do because you only have one life. And his motto is always like, don't hang out with the, the people that are going to ask you why. You know, oh, I'm going to make a podcast. Why? Why are you going to make a podcast? Oh, you, hey, guys, I feel like I'm, I want to write a blog or write a comic book or whatever. Never hang out with the whys. Hang out with the why nots. Yeah, man, sure. Why not? Let's do this. And I really took that to heart. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. And I've been following everything now for a few years now. When I heard he had a heart attack, um, kind of sucked. It didn't want to lose Kevin Smith, one of my later in life heroes and inspirations and stuff. So um, obviously he's never going to hear this, but um, if you do ever, uh, here's to a speedy recovery. And I suggest anybody listening to this, if you enjoy this podcast, you'll enjoy any of his podcasts uh, that he has um, on the small cast. So basically I, the reason I brought it up is kind of a backstory on myself, um, why I decided to do a podcast like this and stuff like that. Kind of one of my main inspirations to do this was Kevin Smith and uh, I've see, you know seen him live and stuff like that and just want to bring it up and hope for, like like I mentioned earlier, speedy recovery. And if, and if you guys are interested in podcasts at all, I suggest checking out any one of his podcasts. Like I said, Hollywood Babylon. Uh, Fat Man on Batman, Smartcast. He has quite a few of them. He created a podcast empire, and uh, obviously, I don't think I could ever emulate that. But I am trying to, um, you know, get something on the off the ground. And um, he was a big inspiration for that. So I, he is newsworthy to me, anyway. So that's why I thought I'd bring it up. So um, enough of that uh, to bring us down a little bit, but. Before we go on with the rest of the show, police say a Texas woman attempted to hide evidence during an arrest by defecating in her pants and using the feces to conceal drugs. Officers in Corsi 
Corsicana, Texas, were investigating a report of a theft at a grocery store on Wednesday when they attempted to subdue a female suspect and take her into custody. Police say they placed Shannon Martin in the back of a police cruiser where they say she intentionally defecated in her pants, then hit a crack pipe, 2.3 grams of crack cocaine, and a Valentine's Day card in her excrement. Officers had to sift through the woman's feces to retrieve the evidence, and after Martin was booked on charges of tampering with evidence uh, and possession of a controlled substance. Okay, so now, next part of the show. If you guys have been listening to the show consistently, or as consistently as we like to put it out anyways, we have been doing the Marvel Challenge, uh, kind of a little back story on that. Um, at the beginning of the, no, at the, end, at the end of 2017, I read this cool thing on, I don't remember where I saw it, I think it was Twitter, where they said that it the release of Infinity War times perfectly where if you watched a Marvel movie once a week, till the release of Infinity War, you'll be able to catch up on all the movies. So I suggested to on this, I'm like, hey, that's that would be good content for the for the podcast. Let's try to watch a movie every week, talk about it a little bit, and then rank them as we go. So that's what we've been doing. And it, it, it's, it makes me, it made me forget, because uh, it's been years since I've seen some of these movies, and I've only seen some of these movies once, and it's good to revisit these movies. So uh, there's a couple ways you can do this. You can either watch them, Chronologically, meaning you don't watch them how they were released. You watch them according to the storyline. So, obviously, the first one would be Captain America because that one's set in World War II. And then the second one wouldn't be until Iron Man 1 in the 2000s. The other way to watch them is by release date. And that way, if you watch it that way, you would watch Iron Man 1 first. Then you would watch The Incredible Hulk second. Then you would watch Thor no, Iron Man 2, excuse me. Iron Man, um, Incredible Hulk, Thor, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, then the Avengers. Uh, but we're watching it chronologically, so we watch Captain America first, Iron Man, and so on and so forth. The only one that really kind of is out of the, not out of the way, but not in the right order is Captain America, obviously. So we started that way, but... We last week we talked about Avengers and Thor because whenever we can't record a week, we'll talk about the the two movies that we we missed out on or whatever, just to keep it in order instead of having them all bunched up or whatever. So after immediately after Avengers, it was Iron Man three, and that's the movie I watched this week. I actually just finished it before the show, but um, Iron Man three was released on May third, twenty thirteen. It was the seventh movie chronologically, and it was the seventh movie released. Um, which is keeping in order. I don't think there's a deviation in chronological and release date until Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Those are back-to-back, um, and then so on and so forth. But I think for the next couple movies, it'll be the same. So if you guys are watching it with us and you're listening or and you're watching it the same order as we are, that's where we're at. So uh, we are up to seven movies already that, I've, that we've watched. Uh, no, let me count it again. Because we gotta, we have to think about Black Panther. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we've watched eight movies actually. One, two, three, seven. Yeah, Black Panther falls a little out of order, uh, but it came out the it, the it came out the week it came out. So you know what are you gonna do about it? Uh, this is the first movie in phase two. So it, it, obviously, if you guys are listening to the show, you guys know that the Marvel universe is broken up into phases. Phase one is actually officially called Avengers Assemble. Um, I, in hindsight, I think, but obviously every every major Avenger or first round of Avengers gets their solo movie, and then you, except for Black Panther and, or Black Panther, Black Widow and Hawkeye, they don't get their solo movies. But you know they're introducing the universe and you whatever. So the second phase is kind of building off of that and creating a bigger universe. So this is the first phase of or the first movie of Phase Two, and it's actually the first movie that was officially distributed by. Disney after the Avengers after the fact. Now all the rights obviously belong to Disney, but this is the first Disney Iron or Marvel movie, and it shows. You can tell a little bit. So uh, Iron Man three grossed four hundred and nine million dollars in North America and eight hundred and six million dollars uh, worldwide. 
uh, for a total, or for in other countries. So when you put that together, that was 1.2 billion, outgrossing both of its predecessors combined. So it outgained um, Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 put together. There's a lot of reasons for this. I It's off of the Avengers, which at the time was you know one of the biggest movies of all time people were excited for you know what was next in the marvel universe and and um you know how's it going to continue and stuff and unfortunately for some of us not the way mark the I, I think not the way marvel wanted to start off phase two but it is what it is there's as far as we know there's no time travel so you can't go back and change it but um i'll talk a, a, a little bit more about it at, at the end um, as far as that goes, but let's see. Just a few thoughts on the movie. Uh, I know that the the theme at the very beginning of the movie is you know you create your own enemies or whatever. But literally every bad guy that they face, except maybe Loki, yeah, has been created by Iron Man. Whiplash, the the uh, I forget what his name is uh, from the first one, but Jeff Bridges' character, and then so on and so forth. Age of Ultron. Uh, sorry, I thought someone was coming in here. Yeah, and so with this one, they're created by him all in the same night or whatever, and I just, I get to think sometimes maybe if uh, the Marvel Universe wasn't better off with the Iron Man and half these bad guys wouldn't exist, but this movie ended up having an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, why? I mean, it's, I don't. I can't honestly sit there and tell you that any of the Marvel movies are dog shit. They're not dog shit. They're all watchable, but some of these movies are questionably could have been better, especially from the movies that we have. Some of the better movies that we have seen. Like you can't watch this movie after I've watched Black Panther twice. Like you just can't. You just can't. Um, this movie doesn't stand up to that, and it's unfortunate that this is the movie that followed Avengers because. I would have started with Captain America Winter Soldier because that movie is so much better. So much better. If Captain America came out, if Captain America 2 came out immediately after this, that movie would have been three times the height. It would have made three times the gross it did uh, just from... It, it, it made it. And that movie comes up in a few weeks uh, chronologically, so we'll watch that. But they should have started there. They should have started with Captain America and that that's it's the tone for the rest of the universe. That breaks up S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you know, the government's not to be trusted, and then that kind of sets the tone for phase two. Uh, but in hindsight, it, you know, it is what it is because even after this is Thor the, the Dark World, Thor 2, and that movie isn't great either. That's towards the bottom of these things. Like I said, not no, no Marvel movie is dog shit, but they could be better. And to start off with Iron Man 3 and then Thor, kind of not the play they probably wanted, but at the time, it it probably was a better movie than it is in hindsight compared to some of the movies that made sense, like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, stuff like that. But we'll talk to those movies when we get there. But I guess that's a poll question. Would you have preferred to have seen Captain America 2 to start Phase 2 rather than Iron Man 3? Because I know that's a yes for me. So I've always wondered if maybe if, if, I could sit, if I could ever, can you imagine if Abel can get Kevin Feige to sit down and talk about this, uh, talk about that maybe misstep and see if they, that's not something they wanted to do. But... Moving on, this, I, I guess, instead of just detailing the movie like I would with them, there's just some major big themes in this movie that I, I might have liked, I might have disliked. The first thing that comes to mind is, Iron Man is in his suit for five, ten minutes in this movie, and I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to build up the story that Tony Stark is his own man, is his own man and he... You know, he's more than the suit. The suit is just something of him. I totally get that. But that's not the movie where we're trying to watch. I am trying to watch Iron Man blow up shit, which is why the first one's so good. It's, you can do that. You can do Iron Man 3, and he doesn't have to end up in but fucking Nashville, you know, to try to to find himself and, and get over his PTSD and stuff, which the, the PTSD parts of the scene work and don't work at the same time, meaning... Obviously, after something like New York, which we talked about after Avengers, sets up so many things in the future, and this is one of them, it's, I, 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 I can give him credit for trying to start that, like, yeah, you're not going to be the same after going through a wormhole with a nuclear bomb. It's just, sometimes I don't believe that he's having an anxiety attack, and I don't know if, the, and it's not a knock on Robert Downey Jr., he's a fantastic actor, but it's just, 
I don't know. It sometimes it's not very believable because I don't know. It seems at the end of the movie it's okay. Obviously not, since we see it in, in Age of Ultron how he's still kind of having these panic attacks and stuff like that. It's just it's a mixed bag uh, on that. So um, I, I I like what they were trying to do. It just sometimes on execution not great. Let's see. Thor was mentioned again in this movie, and it's still placed in my placed in my theory, or not theory, but my thought, my belief that Thor, although not the best of these movies, is one of the more important in solo movies because they made a reference, Killian, who is the Mandarin, we'll get to that here in a second. He says that subtlety left when the guy with the hammer landed on, you know, landed here. And that's to say that the reason he kind of pushed forward his his agenda is because Thor and this open universe, you know, with with gods and aliens and stuff like that. So that really set the tone for a lot of folks to be like, oh shit, like we're not alone or whatever, you know. I don't know if there had ever been any I guess they might explain, uh, and with Captain Marvel in the '90s, I get that, with that movie coming out, but being set in the '90s, I guess we'll learn a little bit more of the Marvel universe in the past. But it still seems that Thor was was a catalyst for a lot of these uh, what good guys or bad guys to kind of push forward um, with their things. So yeah, New York, uh, or I mean, excuse me, Thor was a is a huge turning point in the Marvel universe. So uh, yeah, it's still like I said, it's a super super important movie. Let's see. What else? The the action the action scenes that they did have are dope. I really like that scene where they blow up the um, Tony Stark's Malibu home. That was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed that scene. The CGI is there in that movie. It's great. They, you can tell they spent the money to do this movie. That last scene where Tony uh, where Tony Stark jump jumps into a thousand suits or whatever. That's pretty cool too. It's just all the filler in between where they're trying to tell the story. Where he literally is carrying around a gun. Iron Man is, is Tony Stark is carrying around a gun. Like, come on. Like he he come on. Like no, he should not be carrying around a fucking gun. Like that does not work for me. Like he is a superhero. He is well now the second smartest person in this Marvel universe. Come, uh, he's second to 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 Shuri. I forget her name, but Black Panther's sister. But before that, he's the smartest man in the Marvel universe, and he's carrying around a fucking gun like that. That didn't bother me as much when I watched the first the watched the movie the first time, but when I watched it again uh, yesterday and today, I split it in half. Like that, it did not sit well with me. He should not be carrying a gun. Like Rhodey, yes, he's in the military and his background is in guns, but like. Tony Stark to be carrying around a gun like that, and I know he was a weapon designer. I get that, but him personally, especially after the whole thing in the first movie, was like he wasn't creating weapons anymore. You know, it's a whole thing. It's it's a whole thing, and it has nothing to do with the recent current events or whatever. It's just like Iron Man should not be carrying a gun. That's like Batman carrying a gun. Like it just doesn't. Work. I know he's not Batman as far as like he doesn't kill people because Iron Man does kill people. It's just. I don't see any of these superheroes with guns. Like, I see Blade with the gun. He has knives too. Deadpool. Like, those are separate. It's just... That bugged me a little bit. As obviously as I'm ranting. Does it... Poll question. Does it bug you that Tony Stark had a gun in Iron Man 3? Another thing I didn't like about this movie is... Pepper Potts at the end. Like, I, I like the idea that they almost killed her off. Like... Anytime Tony Stark's made to look vulnerable or like down to earth, like those are pretty cool because he's just an, he's a he's a likable asshole. Which, by the way, there's a part in this movie where <laughs> uh, the kid that he meets up in Nashville, uh, he said his dad left him, and then he's Tony Stark basically called that kid a pussy for <laughs> he called that kid a pussy for still thinking about his dad leaving or whatever. And this movie could have easily been a six. Uh, a 6 out of 10, but just Tony Stark calling that kid a pussy made this movie a 7, like a 6 and a half, 7. It's just, it's a Disney movie, and I get to hear, I get to, I get to hear Tony Stark call a kid a pussy, uh, which is fucking great. It was fantastic. Uh, that was pretty cool. But yeah, no, the, the Pepper Pot scene, where she killed Killian at the end, the main bad guy, it bugged me again, like I did Tony Stark with the gun, it bugged me more the second time I watched it. Uh, these are Iron Man movies, not Pepper Pot movies, and Tony Stark should save the day as far as that goes. Uh, so that, that kind of bugged me. Um, let's see. What else did I write on here? 
Oh, the Mandarin. Yeah, let me take a drink. Another one of these things that didn't bug me as much when I watched it the first time that it did the second time. Ben Kingsley is such a great actor. And he is he's a little bit... Not a little bit. Basically useless. for the, like he, he, They played him up so well for the first half of the movie. And then, I don't know where, like... It's a it's a hoax or whatever because Killian is the the real Mandarin I guess you can say, and it's some of the comic book storylines like that's actually what happens depends on on what you're reading but I, I get and and I, and I know a lot of folks don't like that plot twist either and I really didn't have an issue with it because I I've really only seen this movie one other time uh, the one I went to go see it in the movie theater and it was fine but watching it again I realized like man there are a lot of things that I'm not comfortable with in this movie it's better than iron man 2 it is it's just man after avengers like it could have been so much better i think and they could have had their cake in 82 as far as like having a more down-to-earth iron man story uh with you know tony dealing with his ptsd and whatnot it's just some of these aspects of like he basically in a suit for five minutes. Pepper Potts really ends up saving the day. The Mandarin isn't who he says he is, and it's some guy from 1999. And yeah, it's just some of those things are not the greatest to make this movie. But I guess to to kind of um, leave it here, uh, I have a few poll questions regarding this movie. A this movie's based around Christmas, so is Iron Man three a Christmas movie? Question poll or poll question? Second question is. Do you th- I guess this kind of goes along. No, I already asked that as far as the Captain America thing goes. So we'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot from that. And maybe this is the show on its own. And I'm, I'm kind of adding or asking too much of you guys. But is the Iron Man trilogy good? So obviously Iron Man 1's great. Iron Man 2, meh. Iron Man 3, okay. But in general, is, is the Iron Man trilogy good? Like, is it better than the Captain America trilogy? Like, do you think? I don't. I don't, I don't think. Obviously not. Because uh, Captain America... The weakest movie in Captain America is 1. And 1 is really good. And 2 is fantastic. And obviously Civil War. Like, Civil War. Is the X-Men... Or is the Iron Man trilogy good? Yes, no. Uh, so let me know in the poll questions. Obviously, after we talk about each movie... Let me just re- read through the list. See if I'm missing anything that I want to bring up about that movie real quick. Oh yeah, there's a scene with Stan Lee that he's a pageant judge and he looks like a horn dog. And with all the stories that came out lately, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, those are my thoughts on Iron Man three. It's 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 a watchable movie, and some of the some of the aspects of that movie are great. It's just I guess some of the bad things outweigh some of the other ones, and um, you know it is what it is. But okay. And as far as ranking them goes. Uh, my number one is Black Panther still. Uh, number two is still Avengers. Number three is still the first Iron Man. Number four is Captain America, the first one. And I'm going to comfortably sit this one at, for the movies that we've seen so far. Not a complete list. Uh, behind Captain America and put Iron Man 3 and 5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And then after that it's Thor. After that it's Iron Man 2. And then after that it's Hulk. Uh, when Andres joins the show again, hopefully he's watched the movie by now. Um, if you're listening to this, Andres, watch the movie, you fuck. And then we'll see where he wants to rank his. But Blah. when we record the next show, the next movie will be Thor Thor the Dark World, Thor 2. And uh, we'll see where this one goes. I, I've yet, I've seen this movie once. So maybe I'll like it more when I watch it the second time. The complete opposite of Iron Man 3, but we'll go there, so. Oh yeah, and I guess in general, what did you think of Iron Man 3? If you watched it this week with me, or if you've watched it before. Um, good, bad, or meh. And with the age of the internet, like a movie can't be meh. It can only be the greatest thing of all time, or the worst thing of all time. But I like to add meh, because people can have subtle, like you don't have to pick one side or the other. It can be a, it can be a serviceable movie, and this was a serviceable movie. It was okay, it just wasn't the greatest thing ever. So now moving on to, I said this is going to be a short show, but I get to talking and it's a little longer, but, or it's going to be around the same length, but the main entree of the show is 
an animated movie came out came out a while ago, and I've been wanting to talk to it for a while. But now that we're going to be a little bit more consistent on the show, or at least I was able to find some time to record this 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 episode. Movie I want to talk to that came out earlier in February, and that is Gotham by Gaslight. Um, it was a re- it's based off of the comic book, no graphic novel um, of the same name, and also of the sequel Master of the Future, which was released in 1991. Uh, the original. Gotham by Gaslight, the graphic novel, was released in 1989, so the sequel came out two years later in 1991. Um, Before we actually talk, or how should I do this? I have it one way, but let's talk about the movie first. Yeah, let's do that. So, obviously, if you're not a big fan of the DC Universe as far as the movies go, I always suggest watching the animated movies because they're... Marvel is the way Marvel is ahead of DC in live action movies. That's how DC is with Marvel. DC has an entire universe and they keep releasing animated movies two or three months apart and they're constantly just like churning these out um, and they're fantastic. So if you haven't yet, we've talked about these movies all the time on the show, but if you haven't yet, watch some of these animated movies. This, that's why we like to talk about them on the show uh, is to get you guys more into the universe and you know give you some Batman stories that you might like, some Superman stories that you might like, uh, Harley Quinn's Suicide Squad for sure, that, that uh, Escape into Arkham or uh, Escape. I forget what it's called, but it's good. Like that, that's a good Suicide Squad movie, and that's actually the next one is a sequel to that. I think um, that's coming out, uh, or the next anime movie that's coming out. So this one we like to talk about these, but let's yeah, we'll talk about the movie first. This movie, like I said, this movie originally came out uh, February sixth of this month. Um, I, I bought myself a copy and I watched it already. It's uh, really good. I, I should probably watch it again. Um, and the reason I want to talk about the movie first is because um, it's. It has elements of the comic books, um, meaning Gotham by Gaslight, uh, as well as Master of the Future, um, if, if I have that right. Yeah, Master of the Future. And it, it, t- it builds off those elements, but it's not, the exa- it's not the same story at all. Like, it's not the same story at all. Um, different protagonists, different antagonists, so it's different. So if you watch this movie... Just be, just know, and you don't read the comic. Just know that it's different from the comic book, because uh, I read the comic book um, a while back, and then I reread it whenever I watched this movie because I had heard that it was different, and I kind of wanted to catch up on it, so I, I did. And um, basically, the big uh, sum up of this movie is I'll, I'll I'll talk spoilers now. So either veer off or put pause, and then come back, or obviously you don't give a shit, and you're gonna keep listening anyway. So. Um, We'll go that way as well, but this story is set in nineteen or excuse me eighteen eighty nine, uh, and it is Batman if he was during the Victorian age uh, in the United States. This takes place in Gotham City, obviously, but it is it reminds me a lot of New York City during the late eighteen hundreds and um, a lot of that that look that Victorian age look, um, and it's basically a steampunk uh, Batman. And you get that feeling from from the movie, some of the technology. It's not overdone, and steampunk can be steampunk is overplayed, I think. But when when done well, steampunk is cool, uh, and and it was done in, well in this movie and in the comic book as well. And if you guys don't know what steampunk is, it's kind of the the combination of this the old western Victorian look with you know mechanics and and steam. It's, it's more of a steam engine kind of thing. Um, think of Wild Wild West, but not. You know what? Fuck that. I love Wild Wild West. Is poll question is Wild Wild West good? It, it is. So f- fuck you if you don't think so. But yeah, that, that's what steampunk is, and uh, that's kind of what how this is set. And the whole thing is Batman is, I guess, basically taking on Jack the Ripper, which is such a cool idea. It's 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 it, it's a novel idea. Like I'm surprised it took him that long. And when the comic book was originally published in '89, that it took him that long to to think of that or put it in a comic book form, at least, where the the world's greatest detective tries to find out one of the world's greatest mysteries is finding out who Jack the Ripper was. So that is what uh, Gotham by Gaslight is, and. As far as the way I put it in those parameters, that is what the comic book is too. Where it differs is way different. So in the comic book, 
besides Commissioner Gordon, Batman, and one little reference to the Joker, no other DC character is mentioned in the story, in the comic book. In the movie, however, all three Robins are referenced. Um, uh, uh, I guess there's four, but three of them. Dick Grayson. Uh, uh, shit. Dick. Wow, I am blanking out on my Robins. Please take my Batman card away. Let's see. Tim, oh, Tim Drake. That's before I Googled it. Tim Drake, Robin, and um, Jason Todd. So the, the, those three, they're like little ruffians, like uh, kind of, oh, what's the, uh, Oliver Twist, there you go. Uh, they're, they're kind of uh, these little like orphan kids and stuff like that. Uh, Poison Ivy is a lady of the night in this movie. Uh, Catwoman plays a huge role in this in this movie. She's like a suffragette, which kind of brings me to one of my next points is this the the movie plays in a lot of tones of that we socially that we're going through today, you know, the empowerment of women and and you know, um, especially in a time during the late 1800s where women were fighting for the the right to vote and stuff like that. We still deal with a lot of that stuff today, and Catwoman bears a lot of that in that in that movie, and not overbearing in this in, the, in this animated movie. And I thought they did a good job of of introducing uh, Wonder Woman in into the story. Hugo Strange is also in this. He runs uh, Arkham Asylum like he usually does in the comic books. Um, but yeah, none of those characters are uh, mentioned in the comic book, which is, uh, you know it, it's good to have. They did it well, uh, I guess. I'm gonna not beat around the bush anymore. This I really enjoyed. This it's really good, really good. Although if it differs from the comic book, those same elements, the, the same elements that made the, the 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 comic book or the graphic novel, I should say, very original and very very fun to read, are still used in the movie. Except it's just a different story. And um, it, and if you really want to know what the story of the comic book is, then just just read it, or we'll talk about it here in a second. But yeah, those same elements are still used, and, and it's really cool. Yeah, and I guess before I go any further, uh, this movie is The Kitty's Titties. Uh, it is a fantastic animated movie. Um, one of the better ones in the, in the, I forget what they call it, the DC animated universe. Like, it's its own universe, and I'm sure this is part of it as well, if not an, El an Elseworld kind of thing. Um, um, and I guess by Elseworld, I mean in this, in, in the DC universe, Elseworld comic books are comic books that take place in another world and this is the first one because obviously if Batman existed uh, during the Victorian age Batman wouldn't exist in modern times so this is an Elseworld story what if Batman kind of came to be during the Victorian age instead of more modern times so uh, that's what that is yeah, let me see maybe burp real quick okay burp I put pause on that one uh, not like the other one but I guess the main the main point that this this movie kind of uh, veers from the comic book, which is okay, like I said, it was fine, is that so Batman is is trying to find who Jack the Ripper is, and Jack the Ripper's been obviously his mo is killing a bunch of of ladies of the night or women he finds disagreeable, and it turns out that Commissioner Gordon is Jack the Ripper, as far as the one in Gotham goes. Um, that's one of the things that's left unanswered un in this movie as far as like if, if Commissioner Gordon was also the one, the Jack the Ripper in London, or uh, or if he is a, a ripoff of Jack the Ripper in, in the one in Gotham City. But it turns out that he wants to cleanse Gotham City of who he finds disagreeable, who he feels at, is dirty, and he feels a lot of these prostitutes are dirtying up Gotham City, and he took this oath to clean Gotham City. So, as being a surgeon from the Civil War, he surgically uh, and methodically cuts up these women because he has the medical training, and that is such a fantastic fucking twist because you always... As, as, as a deep reader, as big of a reader I am of Batman, you always wondered, like, what if Commissioner Gordon and Batman were at odds morally, ideologically, and this movie kind of does... Uh, a good service of that because Commissioner Gordon is trained. He um, obviously in this it says that he was in the Civil War, but if you read the the later runs, he is a he's military trained. 
so he can't fight. And Batman is obviously trained in a million forms of martial arts. And we get to see that in this movie. And that is such a, an interesting angle to to check that out. So uh, I really enjoy this movie. And obviously, if you guys don't already watch these movies, do it. This one is really good. And I know I kind of gave it away already. But you should still watch it. Um, it's really good. And I kind of want to watch it after this again. Um, it's really good. And I guess the way this differs from the comic books is that the comic books, Jack the Ripper is a Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon does play a part in the in, in the comic book as far as just like a commissioner. Well, first he's a, uh, oh, what, what do they call him? I forget what it is, but he is in the police force and he helps him out. Jack the Ripper actually turns out to be one of Batman's quote-unquote uncles. It's like a family friend that you call an uncle. Um, and yeah, he framed Bruce Wayne, which is in the element in the movie, uh, being Jack the Ripper. So he was like behind bars and, and, all, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But his uncle was actually in the comic book, the Jack the Ripper in London and the Jack the Ripper in Gotham. And then where Master of the Future comes along is they're trying to do a uh, World's Fair kind of thing like the, the one they did in Chicago. There's a guy, uh, his name is... <sighs> oh, I forget. But, um, yeah, but he's trying to take over the World's Fair, so Batman fights him and all this stuff. So it's good. Obviously not as good as Gotham by Gaslight uh, <clears throat> was, but still really cool. And uh, it's a lot shorter than I thought, Gotham by Gaslight. So if you guys are wanting to read it, if you honestly have 15, 20 minutes, you'll be done with it. And it's really, really good. So and the the second one, the, the Master of the Future, plays into the idea that in, in Gotham by Gaslight, he catches his parents' killer. Oh, I forgot to say that. He, his uncle, quote-unquote uncle, said, uh, hired this guy to kill Martha and Wayne because Martha didn't love his uncle Jack or whatever his name was and so yeah he ended up catching him so is Batman's mission over over that or does he have a bigger duty in saving Gotham and that that was an interesting question to me anyways that, that came up from the comic book because he took a break in between the first book and the second book and, and he had been Batman had disappeared for I think they said like 10 months or something like that so uh that was really interesting that that is it common good uh, that he should be Batman, or it, because his personal vendetta is over, is his is his mission over? So that is that is that is an interesting question as far as Batman fans go. Uh, maybe maybe write an article on that. And also one other thing that came to mind is I think Scarecrow would be perfect in this time frame. So if they ever want to revisit this universe, Scarecrow in the Victorian age as a villain, ah man. The designs you can get for that are fantastic. I think that more out of any other villain, Scarecrow would fit perfectly in this universe if they ever do want to revisit this. That, that would be really cool. So, like I said, if they ever decide to do this again, DC, I know you're listening. I know I've said this before because I know you are. If the FBI guy is listening, I know you guys are listening too. Put Scarecrow in the next uh, Batman uh, or Gotham by Gaslight. So, um, that's kind of me talking about this movie which i've been wanting to do for a couple weeks so um if you've seen this what did you think of gotham by gaslight the the movie not the comic book let's see that's another poll question actually the, the the bigger question as far as batman is batman's mission over when his personal vendetta has been settled or when gotham is cleaned up basically for the common good uh what do you think uh, let me know it'd be interesting to know what you guys think of our, as far as that so that's it. Um, if you guys have any questions about or any comments or anything uh, as far as Gotham by Gaslight goes, let me know. Uh, I would love to talk to some of you guys about that, see if you guys have seen it. So this is the end of this. You're getting close to the end of the show. So we are getting the fuck out of here. Uh, the order's recommendations. Uh, we're ordering you to read Gotham by Gaslight or watch Gotham by Gaslight, either one. Once you're done, let me know how, what you think. Uh, I, you guys are really enjoyed. So yeah, this we're recommending. Obviously, and this is out of the show this week but um if he has anything he'll let us know on twitter uh. and speaking of twitter if you guys have any suggestions comments let us know on twitter uh our the show's twitter is at nerd order one and it is also the same thing on facebook it's nerd order one if you have any questions comments ideas for the show let us know we appreciate anybody that takes the time to listen to the show comments vote on the polls um 
obviously um, that's why we're doing it is to provide some some entertainment for you guys or just some background noise um, I know that's why I listen to podcasts so uh, just trying to put some content out there um, obviously I said Facebook Twitter I have a personal Twitter it's at Saint underscore Abel 45 um, if you're trying to find my usual co-host it's at uh, the underscore Loza 45 that's him on Twitter we use personal we have personal Facebooks we, I started a Patreon, um, any donations at all. Uh, it's a monthly uh, donation. If you guys want to do a dollar to $100 a month, that would be dope. Uh, we do have some goals. If you donate $10 a month, you guys get a Neverloader short shirt. It'll force me to make some shirts. And if we can get $300 a month, um, I will quit my second job and make this uh, my make this show my second job and make it as good as possible. Any and all money that's donated to the show will go to the show, getting better equipment, uh, better recording stuff um, uh, to make this show better, um, and hopefully get some people to to interview and stuff like that. So I've seen you know we're we're consistently building listeners and stuff like that. So which is why a big mission for me this year is to make shows as consistently as as possible. So this is that's why this is. Uh, coming out this week, um, even though it wasn't on a Sunday, you know. Uh, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you subscribe to us, as inconsistent as we are releasing shows, uh, you guys will get them whenever that is, and it'll be on your feed. Obviously, always thanks to everyone for listening, commenting. Really appreciate the time you guys take to listen to the show or just contribute in any form at all. Uh, so with that being said, Andres actually did have some thoughts for, for the show today. Andres, what did you think? Me too, buddy. Me too.